Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. Brian? Nets aren't back. Not by a long shot, man. This is ugh, this is the dog days. <laughs> we are in a Nets desert yeah, right now. Truly. Um, the cruelty of NBA free agency, as exciting as it is, for that first week, maybe into week two, of course, into week two this year, is that it slows down. And we are here in summer, baby. This is just the summer life. You know, it's what we, that's the sacrifice we make for concentrating all of that attention, time and attention to that five day period, which is great. And I love that five days, but um, it leaves you wanting, you know. Are you surprised that I am angered? Uh, about something about the free agency process, Brian. Does that surprise you? I have. I'm angry. excited for this take. This sounds like a like a spicy one. I am so furious Whoa. with the national media. Whoa. With the big fat national media. Whoa! Serving up a no. number six spicy chicken combo right here. <laughs> no, it's it was funny. So free agency happened, and we within week one already got winners and losers, and then it continued on, and we got more winners and losers of free agency. And I was shocked to find how little it was discussed when we were reviewing the totality of free agency, how little it was discussed what the Nets did. Because <laughs> it, was, it, it was like... Um, so I don't, do you watch Stranger Things? I don't, I don't I've, I've been watching, yeah, the, the third season, yeah. I've, I'm behind, but I'm getting there. Okay, so it's like a weird thing with Stranger Things where, like, for Game of Thrones, because it's week to week, we get weekly analysis of it. Other TV shows that are week to week, we get this weekly analysis of it. But for Stranger Things, you get, like, four articles, like, that weekend the show comes out, and then you don't see anything about it for the rest of your life because the weird way Netflix just releases everything all at once and there's not a you know sort of communal tv watching experience with stranger things it's that first weekend and then it's gone and that's what happened with the brooklyn nets the nets as of 6 p.m on that sunday june 30th the day that will go down in infamy i think that's right um the nets had signed kyrie irving and kevin durant it was official it, it, it had happened we've been told that that was what it was going to happen and then, like, it seemed like we all just moved on. Like, because it happened, there was, on Monday, there was a lot of talk about it, and then the rest of the world moved on. I don't feel like the Nets have gotten their proper due and proper analysis, frankly, in media. Like, I don't, like, I haven't read the article about how are the Nets going, how the other Nets players going to react to playing with Kyrie Irving. How are the Nets players going to handle when Kevin Durant is reinserted into the lineup if it happens this season? Uh, what is DeAndre Jordan going to bring to the Nets? Garrett Temple, <laughs> sneaky big signing. I'm just <laughs> the big, the big hot topics. Like, what is DeAndre Jordan going to bring to the Nets this season? Come can on, I, 
I'm I'm a little concerned about DeAndre actually. Oh, you want to get you? I see. You you why don't you fill in that gap, Mike? I mean, like <laughs> it seems like the 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 Red Sea is parted for you, and you can you can insert yourself in there. Um, as everyone should know by by this point, I do all of my scouting and basketball and all my personality analysis on Instagram. Instagram is my primary scouting resource, and um, DeAndre looks a little too skinny for my taste. What? Little too, little too skinny, Brian. I can't believe that knock. We've been, I've been um, talking about getting, getting meaty, all year. I like, I like he, a meatier DeAndre. We want a meaty. I actually would prefer the way sort of Carmelo looked, where like it looked like he had a little bit of a pouch on around his, around his belly. Currently, what I'm sporting around my belly, I want. I actually want DeAndre to have that. Oh. I want that man to have some heft. What I why I'm concerned is because I think there was he posted a photo of himself this week and he was a part of a wedding party, I believe he was one of the one of the groomsmen, part of a wedding party, while looking great, seemed a little skinny and I'm, I'm concerned because what we don't need is skinny DeAndre, we need big beefy DeAndre. I mean beefing up is is the easy part. I mean I, I have no concerns about a, his body type putting on a couple lbs, you know. Unless you're worried about him having like a like a tapeworm or something, maybe a parasite. I think, I think he'll be fine by midseason. My f- my fear is the I'm in Brooklyn now. I want to look good. And <laughs> I want to be I want to be walking down Bedford Ave in my skinny jeans and my flannel tee, mm-hmm. and that's the look that I'm going to want in Brooklyn. And I want him to be more concerned about what he looks like on the basketball court. That's all I'm saying. Um, Too skinny. Yeah. Well, he's definitely got that. I mean, like, so first of all, the skinny jeans and flannel, that's that's more like a Manhattan thing now. I mean, Bedford, so that was Bedford, like, 05, you know? Yes. Yeah. Right. We're, he's getting, Now we get, like, full-blown, like, Indiana Jones hats and stuff. So, you know, he's, <laughs> which which I think I saw him wearing one. Actually, yeah. that is what, yeah, that is what he wears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, those are fiery hot takes, and, you know, <laughs> I still, I, I stand by my you might take that you should be filling in the gaps. I had a thought that I wanted to put out to Glue Nation while we're at it, while we're just doing, you know, bits and bobs for the off season. Um, Please. I'm thinking about Twitch streaming games this season. And I, I was wondering if like what percentage of our audience would be into something like that. So I want to, I want to do some crowdsourcing, some grassroots, you know, organic crowdsourcing. Shoot us an email. If you think you'd be down, if you don't even know what Twitch is, I feel like a lot of people don't know what Twitch even is. Um, but I am pretty sure that if I just like I have my green screen here, I can just throw that up and uh, you know shoot video of me watching the games, us watching the games, and I think that's fair use. I think we'd be good to go. Amazon's lawyers might would back that up. I think. I I, I can almost assure you, while they likely won't come down on us, no, uh, we time. probably can't do it. But it's fine. Who, who's gonna? No, no one's gonna come down on little old us. Yeah, and the NBA is like. Obviously, their uh, they're like whole thing, the reason why they're as popular as they probably are at this point is because they typically don't care what you do with it. Okay, so here's what so we'll they say. They may care about that. Here's what we'll do. Keep it on the DL. Don't don't send it over to the NBA or anything. Don't don't email your, your lawyer friends at the NBA about this. But when I set up the Twitch stream, you know, just come over and join the chat and talk instead. That's, that's so what, what do you envision how this is going to play out like what it, what's so what there's two ways offering? of doing it maybe this is the question that i'm posing like i could do it night of watching it like you know real time or for the people that are you know don't don't aren't able to watch the game i can throw on because i'll have like league pass or whatever throw it on the next morning we could do a little twitch stream in the am while people are getting to work and not doing anything you know and uh and watch the like 
the accelerated version or whatever, things like that. Ooh, I like that um, idea. That will require me watching games twice, though, which is aggressive. Um, <laughs> but, but it's a thought. Um, I mean, it's funny how, like, obviously I'm very thirsty for basketball, and I wish the Nets were playing right now. It's, it's, easy, to, it's easy to say I'm going to watch two of every game in the end of July. Um by by January, I'll probably feel differently. So, <laughs> so it might be an experimental thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it maybe it's like if you do have to watch two of every game, maybe you just watch. You talk about the accelerated version, or you're just watching like last quarter or something. There's some maybe there's just like an element of the game because that that's a uh, an awful precedent to set in your life. Yeah, that's um, that's a big that's a that's a two and a half hour chunk. Well, you know five-hour chunk um anyways well, well and this is the crowdsource we want to hear from you guys about with if you'll even con- like if you care about that at all if if everyone's like no that's a stupid idea then i just won't do it um and, and it's this will finally shepherd in the my long desired project you know how like martin scorsese wanted to make that movie about monks in japan or like uh what was it uh, uh yes what is it silence is that silence it's yeah so my silence is I want to do an analysis of the Nets assistant coaches halftime interviews, a power rankings of who's the best at it, who's the worst at it. Oh, and we're talking not just delivery, not just content, but also <laughs> fashion sense. <laughs> See, Brian is guffawing over there. Is guffawing the right word? Brian is not into this idea. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Guffawing it, it says like laughing hard, heartily. I'm scoffing. Scoffing. That's more what I'm doing. <laughs> a hard scoff. <laughs> Um, so that's my, I, a dream project of mine is to do that because, um, I can give you a little hint. Adam, Adam Harrington is just about the tops for this, but Kenny Atkinson has seemed to assemble here's, a, here's what I think we should do instead. Here's what I would like to see, because like, it's easy for you to, you know, shoot, shoot, uh, to, to do gutter sniping, you know, from the sidelines. <laughs> what I want to see is I'm going to have, I'm going to have Grady, like I'll, I'll play the clip and you answer it as though you're the assistant coach. Okay. Ooh, I, I want to like hear that. those types of platitudes, you know, come from you. <laughs> and then we'll do a Can side by side. my head over their body? Yeah. Can I just be like the, uh, the floating head in Power Rangers? Just, just be like, <laughs> yeah. stick, stick it over their body. Zord. Yeah. Zord. Is that, is what, that it is? what it is? I don't, I don't know. I think so. Played by Brian Cranston in the reboot movie that came out a few years ago how about that casting showing your power Um, here damn speaking of casting brian i (laughs) i have nowhere to go from there but um i did want to say i have a whole spiel but we have some emails right um we got a few fun emails for sure um okay let me let me do i'll do my thing and then we'll do emails because my thing it may lead some to thought and blah blah blah. And I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, so obviously Kevin Durant is hurt and probably won't come back this year, though he may. There's some sense Sean Marks was on uh, Evan Roberts' show on WFAN, and as he said many times before, he's not going to put a timetable on Kevin Durant. And by not you know, the Nets could very easily come out and say, he's not going to play basketball this year. We are not playing Kevin Durant at all. We're, no matter what the, uh, what the how he feels about himself by the end of the season, he won't play basketball for us because the science tells us that if you wait and you give a guy a full year of recovery, actually 14 months of recovery, that'll be way more productive than giving him seven months of recovery. That That is sort of implicitly known. 
but they haven't done that yet. They've they've actually avoided answering the question in any real way. So, what what reality that we will face though in this upcoming season is that the Nets won't have Kevin Durant to start, and it will be Kyrie Irving's team. Now, I I think that a lot of people have talked about that as like being a massive potential negative, right? That um, Kyrie is maybe not the guy you want leading your team mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the positives, and you can agree or disagree with this. Th- these are called the positives of Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles. Oh, good. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Great so title. please pull out that headline. Okay, the positives are, one, if they're of either of the two players that the Nets signed to max free agent contracts needs to um, be given the most amount of advantages for feeling comfortable... It's Kyrie Irving, okay? And regardless of how, you know, obviously you'd want both to be playing at the same time, but it does improve comfort level by giving the ball just to one max free agent and letting him feel comfortable, and then the other guy comes back and then reinserting that person. Like, I think, you know, if you put them both on the floor, that's a lot to really handle, a lot of change to handle, particularly also for the other teammates. We're putting in Kyrie for D'Angelo Russell – all the other guys on the floor for the Nets, pretty much then, it doesn't really change how they're going to be playing. And for Kyrie, it helps him. It helps him to come back to the team and to have the ball in his hands, 30% of possessions to be the you know the usage rate up to 30% to be the guy who's leading the offense. I think that's a positive. Do you, do you want me to come in here and play devil's advocate? Would you want that? Absolutely. I'm going to go all Al Pacino on you? Please. Um, and I'll be Keanu. So this reminds me, that. there was a guy that I used to play basketball with named J-Mac. And we would play at this terrible, terrible court, um, like in a park. And it had these, like, it had, like, more than double rooms. It was, like, 2.5 rooms. It was an insane room. And he, his stance on it was, it makes you better because your shot can't get anywhere near the rim. And my stance on it was, it's a terrible court. We shouldn't go there because uh, the rooms are not at all like what any other rooms are in the world. Like, you want to play on the thing that's most, like, the thing that's normal you know right so yeah i'm using that analogy here to describe my argument for why it would be better to have those two guys in at once because you want to get them playing with as much exposure to each other no matter what you want to get as close to normal as you possibly can at all times playing at a which would in my mind be a disadvantage it helps you to like i don't know in, in a cosmic way, like overcome certain things or whatever. Like I think like D'Angelo Russell needed that for, for whatever reason, but mm. I don't think, I think Kyrie is a different player, a little bit different. Well, obviously in a different place in his career, like is, is certain that he's going to be option one, a every time until Kevin Durant is back. Um, and that just sort of in my mind can create a, a like, you know, miscommunication of a kind when, when he does integrate back in, when Kevin Durant does come back and, and start needing the ball. Um, I don't know. That's just my devil's advocate version of it. Yeah, and, and abs- so obviously you want Kevin Durant out there. I think the unique thing about but one, Kevin Durant supports my theory because Kevin Durant has played with, you know, not that Steph Curry is ball dominant, but guys who deserve and warrant the ball on a lot of occasions as guards. He's played with Russell Westbrook, and obviously they had a lot of success together, though, of course, never won a championship. And he's won championships with Steph Curry, a guy who – deserves and warrants the ball and so like because it's Durant who's going to be reinserted into the Nets lineup whether it's at the end of this season or the beginning of next season he has shown an ability to be inserted into that 
Mm-hmm. Kyrie played with LeBron. So, you know, I kind of think it's overrated the argument that Kyrie needs the ball. You know, like, I- I've seen out there that, like, how are those two guys going to play on the floor together? I don't know. They've both played with versions of each other in different ways. LeBron isn't Kevin Durant, but they're both big wings who ultimately should be the guy who has the ball at the end of the game. Kevin Durant has played with Steph Curry, which is, you know, we would say two ticks better than Kyrie Irving. I don't know how many ticks we're talking about in the the meter of excellence in basketball, but he's a little bit better, but they're similar players. Three-point shooting guards who can handle the ball and also get it out to other people on the floor. So, but I think this this is going to be an extremely crucial, you know, first half of the season for Kyrie Irving. He's going to have to be on... I know this is lame to say, his best behavior, but he will have to unfortunately prove that he's doing the right things and that he's leading the team in the right way because a lot of the Nets, half the Nets roster is gone. Its leadership core of veterans is gone. I mean, Damare and Jared Dudley were leading veterans on this team. Ed Davis, another leader on the team, all gone. So the leadership mantle is going to fall to... I mean, it's going to fall to Kyrie. It's Kevin Durant, from what we understand, is going to be with the team a lot. That's the hope for the Nets. Both Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks talked about specifically that they want Kevin Durant around basically as an assistant coach if they can get him. I think, though, obviously you want Durant and Kyrie Irving together. But I think one positive of the Durant injury is actually of, like, it does give Kyrie sort of the the room and the space to make mistakes, to, to sort of lead the team he may want to decide to lead the team. He doesn't have the conflict of having to also fit in with Kevin Durant as he's learning how to fit in with the Nets. He's it's gonna be he's gonna have trial and error for these five to six months. And my hope is still that Kevin Durant can come back at the end of the season. Um again, preferable to have Durant and Irving together. <laughs> but I think there are like there are positives. There are like, like just let it. This isn't that's not my preference. It's a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's but, a bad thing because yeah. you do want you do want them together. Yeah. You do want to have both of those right, guys right. on the floor together. But that's a nice. It's a nice thought. I mean, hey, you you found a silver lining if there is one. I'm trying, man. Yeah. And also, you know, it it does make for a very interesting situation. It, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all over this, man, but. Let's say the Nets are the fourth seed in the East, and Kevin Durant does come back by the end of the season. Um, and you're looking at a situation where whoever is the best team in the East, you could have like sort of what the what happened with the Warriors and the Rockets this year, where like the second round matchup in the in the conference semis, the second round matchup in whatever conference you're in is the the big one. Because if Durant comes back, and he's anything like himself. If he provides any kind of boost offensively, I mean that's gonna this be. This is my thing too. Like dope. I've been so there's a funny Reddit post the uh, that I was reading through um, where a guy who works at a restaurant um, waited on on uh, Zana Musa and um, I don't know basically somehow got the sense that um, or I guess like he was like what did your guys hope like. In a, it somehow got into a conversation with Tan and Musa as the waiter and was like, what are your hopes for the season? A very like reporterly question to ask. Um, and I guess got the sense of the championship, nothing less than a championship, which is, 
a great answer. And so my thing oh, is like gosh. I've heard there's all these there's all these rumors about Kevin Durant coming back early and there's a bunch of, you know, other Nets fan friends that I have. They're like, why even get your hopes up? Like, what's the point of that? Just, like, go into the season, um, you know, operating under the belief that it's just not going to be, you know, he's not going to be there that season. And I say to them, and I'll say to all of the listeners out there, don't you tell me what to do with my hopes. I'll just I'll put him in it. What do I got going on? What, I mean, I can hope. Whatever. Who cares? We, we deserve this hope. We deserve a rational hope. This team hasn't had a rational hope in... When was the last Irrational Hope era for this team? Yeah. Like, real, true, like, pie in the sky, can believe anything that we see. I mean, not even the Granite Pierce trade was really Irrational Hope. It was, I mean, yeah, that they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and there was potential for them to win a championship. But really, once you saw it in action, you kind of knew that that wasn't going to happen, that they were going to be interesting but not that good. I mean... If Kevin Durant comes back at the end of the season, that that's doesn't it almost doesn't matter how good he is because because if he's coming back, he should be good enough that he's going to provide a boost. There's a possibility he comes back. I don't know what the percentage is because of course I'm not reading his medical it's reports like, and it's I'm like not a podiatrist. But it's like ninety nine percent. That's that's what I've ninety nine percent. He's coming yeah. back, dude. This is let's have fun. Let's not, you know, we 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 got we're not we got American the, Airlines. You know, let's let's have some fun with it while we can. Well, this isn't the process, you know, but the Nets have been through dark days. Mm. Let's let's live in the land of optimism for a little bit while. Um, And that's where I'm going to live. Great. Let's do it. Do you want to get to emails or do you have more on that that you want to talk about? Is there more things? Let's get to we'll get to emails. All right. Let's do some emails. Um, We're at 20 minutes. You want to take a quick commercial break? Yeah, let's take a quick commercial break. And coming back, we will have your emails from netspod at gmail.com. Are we back? Oh, we're back. Oh, we're yeah, back. We're wow. back. Um, first up, your boy. That's Robbie Rose. He's the Ooh. Robbie Rose is the, the George Washington of the Mount Rushmore. Is Mike? He's he's, he's OG. Robbie's been Robbie Robbie's been um, emailing us since the the Brooklyn game days. Um, Sue, your boy Robbie Rose writes. Not sure if you saw this photo attached. Um, this is the photo of that was on someone's. Let's see who was whose was it. D, but this is Devin Booker's um, Instagram um, of him and D'Angelo Russell. I guess they spent the evening. They're drinking some Pinot Noir and admiring what you would assume is pictures that they or paintings that they uh, made of of girls in like squatting in a squatting position. Have you seen this? Mm-mm, you haven't seen no. it? It's pretty good. Um, they're pretty crudely drawn, but not terrible. You know, um, they're not like they're not like child drawings, but. <laughs> you know <laughs> they're okay um but yeah so it's like it's very much like of these like it's like a squat imagine like a stripper basically squatting from behind and you have basically a waist down framing of the butt from behind <clears throat> and Sounds um great d'angelo made the he, he went in and did an extra detail um where he added his initials to the thong of the person that he he a little, a little dr there um and yeah, so it's weird because you know I don't know if the assumption is that they had a model for that or what's the situation. Um, but these guys are hanging out, drawing butts together, um, you know, as as you do. Um, <laughs> Robbie continues. I have always said that D'Lo is an artist on the basketball court, but apparently he's going to steal my shine with the oil paint as well. Hopefully Irving comes through this year. I assume he will, but I'm definitely going to miss D'Lo. Um, 
Robbie has, had, has always had, so Robbie's one of my favorite emailers because he's got a real uh, meta-analysis of the players and he's real aesthete. He's, he pays a lot of attention to the aesthetics of the player, which is something I traffic in a little bit, but certainly not to the degree that Robbie Rose does. And Robbie's always quite admired D'Angelo Russell's, you know, the visual elements of his physical genius. Um, and I'm right there with him. It's, I mean, D'Angelo Russell is one of the cooler players to watch. Um, but I will say this, Robbie, if you haven't spent a whole lot of time watching Kyrie Irving, there may not be a more pleasurable player to watch than Kyrie Irving. And, I, and I'm and i not just 100%. saying that. Because Kyrie Irving's... So it's, you know, not... It's, it's a platitude to say that he's got, like, one of the best handles in the NBA. But what makes his handles so interesting to watch is a lot of people do the behind-the-back, you know, spinning between the legs stuff and are moving laterally while doing it. Kyrie Irving seems to be doing that meat-on-meat, you know, up in somebody's chest, dribbling behind his back and spinning around them. It's a, it's a very downhill, fast, and acrobatic handle that he has, and it's one of the most, like, compelling things to watch in basketball. So says I. I don't know if you, you agree with that, Mike. 100%. And that's what's going to be really exciting about this team. I wish they had one super-duper fun dunker, but... You got Tyler Hands. Come on, you got hands. <laughs> yeah, um, he. Um, that was you mean Joseph Joseph size hand picked draft pick, Mister Hands. Um, I mean, no, I mean, I think like Kyrie's going to be. It's like lame to say, but like he's going to be super enjoyable to watch. That you know, like he, as good as Darren Williams actually was with the Nets at certain times. Like I'll give him obviously, of course, credit. Like whatever, he wasn't fun to watch. Um, you you can have a point guard who is not a fun watch, but Kyrie Irving is like a, oh, a blast we've, we've on had the basketball lots court. Lots of not fun watches at the at the point position. I mean, the the one of the worst was the sad days of Darren. Darren the Darren on decline years was like oh, really miserable. Um, but where would you rank Donald Sloan on the fun to watch point guard rankings? Number one, number two, number three? Uh, or <laughs> of of all time? Of all like, time, it's like him and like Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> Um, yeah, number one. Um, but and, and also, I'll say this: I wouldn't put it past Kyrie to be posting pictures of him drawing people's butts. Like, so there's that element too. There, he's not going to disappoint you there, um, except it'll have like an, an Illuminati like are motif. The, are the butts flat though? It'll be a butt shaped like a pyramid. That's what it's going to be. It'll just be a, it'll be a pyramid butt <laughs> yeah. or a flat Earth butt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it has so, no end or has a definitive end. Speaking of which, your um, boy Luis Estevez. The uh, Teddy Roosevelt of our Mount Rushmore, um, Lou, Lou Estevez, sorry, uh, says, what is up, Titans of Gluedom? I just wanted to send along a quick email as it goes. I've been loving the pod as usual and wanted to mention that I'm really loving some of the new segments. That's for you, Mike, etc. Wow. But I think you guys may have a segment brewing in the works. I love Ooh. this stuff. I love when people pitch us ideas. Um, basically, I've been loving Brian's amazing ability at getting in that curious noggin that sits on Kyrie's shoulders. His interpretation mm-hmm. of his weirdo tweets, actions, and interactions are incredible and very entertaining. Mike, what's up? Uh, the charity is the chocolate laxative of the masses analysis. An explanation of how the flat earth quote-unquote works was fantastic. Please turn this into a segment where Brian, every once in a while, dissects some weirdo Kyrie tweet or action and breaks it down for us um, that don't speak Kyrie. You are truly a Kyrie whisperer and would love to get some the same amazing analytical excellence we get from you guys on Nets Basketball for all weird things Kyrie. Keep rocking, Lou. You keep rocking. That was really. I. I didn't. I didn't remember that being so. Um, like self-aggrandizing. Um, but you know, here we are. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. 
I I think it's more. Here's what it is. It's not just that I speak Kyrie. It's I'm very a, a student of meme culture. You know, I spend all day on the internet. I I love the internet and everything that comes with it. And so I know that Kyrie loves the internet too. That's what I know. And so I I can place yes. his sources. You know, from just having come from the same place. And and while so I think you're a vacationer within those certain realms of the internet, those planets that that oscillate around the internet or whatever mm-hmm. Kyrie is a resident of so I think that's the difference I, and I know that you know that like you yeah it's a difference of like going around and like I feel like I'm sort of Star Trek and he's actually on one of the planets you know he's like an <laughs> inhabitant of the planet and I'm 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 on the USS Enterprise you know I'm visiting the yes planet. yeah yes you're Jean-Luc Picard <laughs> and yeah. he's one of the robot people yeah. that try to destroy yeah. the world yeah um and that's why I think that we are so fortunate, you know, I think Nets fans should be fortunate to have a mind like you discussing the Nets because oh, wow. of anyone out there who's going to be able to understand what Kyrie's doing. Like Kyrie posted something on Instagram recently of uh, more pyramids and eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. And now, you know, I have to be a supporter of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so I like this stuff. Um, yeah. I'll say but, this. I, I don't. You know. So the Illuminati element i don't actually traffic that much in and should probably start digging in because um but anytime i do it's just so boring like those like and like a five hour long youtube video of like just complete nonsense is way something i don't want to do um but you know i may need to if i really if in order to, to deliver on Lou's premise here i gotta i gotta start working on that um, um, and what to think of a proper title for you you know like like you could have like you're a international correspondent you are a that's a meme. That's a meme lord, is what that is. A meme, like a meme. A meme lord. A meme lord. Yeah, L O R D. Um, I love that. And speak, um, speaking of which, do you want to get? I have breaking news. Oh, you do? Real quick. Um, Nike and Nickelodeon are joining forces to celebrate 20 years of SpongeBob SquarePants, and the star that is leading the push is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's uh, shoes are going to have. Certain he's gonna have special shoes released to represent the beloved ocean characters from the show: Patrick Star, Squidward, Mr. Crab, and Sandy, the underwater squirrel. See, Breaking this is news. what I'm talking about. These are that's that's a perfect meme, you know. That is <laughs> that comes from meme culture, and I wonder if he's gonna wear them in game. I would like it if that happened. Um, I would too, and I can't wait for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie self promotion this year as he's on court next to Kyrie like you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the top five most popular basketball players in the world and our man Spencer is self-promoter extraordinaire hashtag audience of one uh I'm excited for his line of shoes this year now that he has a bigger spotlight on himself I'm very excited about. I was watching there was a segment on I think it was first take or something like that um where Spencer Dinwiddie was on in studio. He's making his media rounds big time now. And they're, mm-hmm. oh no, it was on the, um, oh God, what's his, what's his name? I'm not going to remember. Anyways, it wasn't first take. But, um, and they were grilling him, which is a, a thing that I've noticed uh, a lot, like just th- that, I don't know if you saw this Twitter video of people being like, 80s and 90s basketball was so raw and just got like, you know, a hundred million like replays or whatever. It's like a two minute video of just like Bill Lambeer being a dickhead and like fouling Michael Jordan super hard. Um, and people just sort of general in general kind of 
feeling nostalgic for the the hard fouling and you know rivalries of the '90s. And um, Spencer Dinwiddie had like a really great retort to the question. He's like, "So why? Like, what do you think about this new NBA? Because it was a bet free agency, right?" And all these guys are going with their friends again, which is this is like the first of all. Let me just say that this is the best free agent see ever now it's like it's like a perfect nba jam season there's just pairs of players on every team and the like if you're gonna f- play with your friends at least it just is like your one other friend who you're playing with on a, on a bunch of other teams it's like the best version of it but anyways right. they're like so what do you think about this new nba where everyone's playing with their friends which is a question that they've asked since like 2010 um but and his response was like yeah so the thing is like the culture of the nba has changed there's a lot of money in there now and people are like you know protecting their brands and if the culture of the NBA is more about like, you know, I'm not going to say it's it's not, uh, you know, the, the, there are rivalries, but people don't let it spill out into like public because that's, you know, that's going to cost you money in the long run. If you're seen as a hothead or whatever it is, like people are more protective of their brands now. And that's not necessarily a bad or good thing. It's just like, you know, the way the way people are navigating this business nowadays versus the way Meta World Peace would have navigated it 10 years ago. Um, and... I think that was really just like succinct, you know, definitive answer that old like basketball heads can appreciate because they're the guys that have been pounding the table about like just get your money for forever at the same time. So it's hard for them to sort of circle that square. Um, so they're like, "Well, wow, great answer, Spencer." Um, I forgot how we and, got and, here, though. what we're talking and about. And it and it's like how you know mafia families in the past uh, joined forces as opposed to warring. A wartime is costly. To battle other players in the NBA is costly. And, like, you know, we all can bemoan the fact that, like, these guys don't hate each other like they used to. But, I don't. I mean, in the end, it it's basketball's still way more interesting than it was. I mean, I, yeah, it was, like, phenomenal under Bird and Magic, I guess, and Michael Jordan was phenomenal. But the, the, there's a lot of crappy NBA back then. A lot of it. If it wasn't – because, like, what we remember are the playoff games where there was that intensity – and like Michael Jordan going through the Pistons, like getting through that level and all sort of those moments. We remember those moments, but there's also like like a goon mentality kind of back then from like how hockey like there was like guys on basketball teams just because they were like just like big and, and like would push people down. Yeah. Like that was like part of basketball. And that's not like all that much fun to watch. It's like fun to talk about. It's fun to, to reminisce about. But it's not that much fun to talk or uh, to actually watch happen on the basketball court. Agreed. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, we could talk about that, but but let's not. Um, cool. La- next up is it? Last up? No. Next up is <coughs> your boy Colin Ferguson. Boom, boom, boom. This Ooh. this guy is not on the Mount Rushmore. He's somewhere on the fringes. He's more of like a he's the, he's the Donald Trump of the Mount of the of the Mount Rushmore. Um, so. He says, hey, friends, um, a sporadic GG listener here. All the A-list, uh, all the A-list signings are super exciting, and I can't wait to pay double for tickets this year, but enough of my Debbie Downer attitude and back to the good stuff. You guys, the Nets are only a percentage of what makes your pod great, as the other part is your personalities. Would love to hear some updates. Has Mike's horrifying diet improved thanks to fatherhood? As Brian is the meme lord of the glue guys, what kind of internet giggles are we to expect with these new star players? Keep up the great work and see you at Barclays Center. <laughs> P.S. Once the roster is finalized, I would love a new episode dedicated to which comic book character slash Pokemon mm. every player represents. Um, mm-hmm. A Pokemon update may, may need to happen. 
Um, we so we need to do a Pokemon update, and we need to do, and this is going to be even a, a higher platform this year. We need to do player cocktails. Yeah, Play, summertime <laughs> yes, player is player cocktails is long. If you don't, long. if you don't know, remember, if you haven't been riding that hard with us for this many years, the player cocktails is we make a cocktail based off of the player's personality. There was and one year that we did it well, and there was another year that we mailed it in, and it was like the saddest episode of all time. Yeah, yeah. So it's a thing you got to so, go full bore with. I think this is one that we, you and I, need to be together, and we need to be making these you need cocktails. To be making them. Yeah, we need to make these cocktails. Twitch stream. Have, That's like, for the Twitch stream, dude. First Twitch stream. Let's go. And and I th- we're we, going to be we watching the, preseason so, games, doing cocktails. To give you a taste, it was like so. This I think the best one we had was Trevor Booker, and there were like there's elements of hot sauce and yeah, like, like wild turkey and like Red Bull and hot sauce or something. And that would be a good drink. That's that's a yeah a bloody Trevor. Yeah, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Um, um, so what's going on sorry. with your diet? So wait, what are we doing with my diet? Um, how's, how's fatherhood in general? Like, what's going on? Like, the had, people want to know what's going on with us personally. Like, I had ice cream sundays three days in a row last week. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so I feel pretty great about myself. Yeah. Uh, the last one was a mint Oreo Blizzard from Dairy Queen, which is my favorite. My favorite kind of Blizzard. You have to ask, especially because they don't just have mint ice cream. You have to ask for the like they have mint syrup though that they can put in their vanilla. Phenomenal. I, I went thirty minutes out of my way on a road trip just to get it. I I have um, described Mike in the past as a person that even when I knew you in college was destined to be like a dad, like your dad energy, <laughs> <laughs> and and being uh, particular about what kind of ice cream is like the dad is the most dad shit in the world. That's the daddest dude. thing. And it's perfect. It's perfect that that's a fixation that you have, like, you know, your Sundays. It's like, that. that's not even, I mean, there's so much more right. that comes into my dad life <laughs> that I don't even, I can't even get into because it, like, would bring down the pod <laughs> if we discussed how much of a dad I am. Um, it's always been, they've known you as a dad this whole time. You're, you're, you're the daddy of this podcast. The craziest thing about being a father is so before your father, like remember when you grow up and you would hear you'd be like you'd like dads on TV would work on cars, dads on TVs would work in their tool shed and you would be like that is so weird. Like that that like habit of like getting away. Mm. You become a dad, you're like it's not that you're getting away but you're like I do trivia now. I do trivia twice twice a month with buds. Wow. I uh I I if you gave me a lawnmower, I live in Manhattan. If you gave me a lawnmower, I'd find grass to cut. Wow. There's something that awakens inside of you, something that from cavemen days that is like, I got to fix something. I got to do this. I got to do that. I get. I got joy. I built a, uh, a toy cabinet for my son. Such joy out of building it. Wow. I don't know where that came from. So it, didn't, it shouldn't have wanted to do it. An extremely wholesome life you've arranged for yourself. I got to say, like, where, where am I on, on uh, trivia night? I mean, like, what's going on? Where's the Where's the invite? I'd like to join you for your two IPAs a month that you get. Two IPAs, <laughs> yeah. I, I I did actually. I got into those uh, seltzer alcoholic drinks. White clams. You know, like white claw. Those white clams going. White claw. Yeah, it's white clams. No, white claw. That's what I said. You said white clam. Yes. Did you? White clams. It's white white claw. Yeah, I know. Okay, you know. Um, <laughs> Those are delightful, and that's another dad thing. It's like this is delightful. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm not going to not going to worry about it anymore, man. It's a good life. It is. It's a good. It's nice. good dad life. I'm expecting that invite. Um, for me, the internet giggles that we're going to be expecting is, uh, I do want to be like 
doing more more posting on on our like Twitter and stuff. That's something that's occurred to me. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't have a kid, so I'm just going to be Twitch streaming and uh, <laughs> I don't know. God, sweating in my tiny little home office here. That's that's what I'm planning. Um, yes, and I'll do whatever I need to do. Talk about my diet. Oh, by the way, I like uh, this was a big debate that Brian and I had for many years, and now Brian is right as he normally is. Artichoke dip is great. Whoa, whoa! Artichoke dip is delicious. Wow, what uh, a reversal! I was not expecting I, that. I was anti-artichoke dip because it's a type of thing that is brought to parties that is presented as a next-level snack. You have your basic Doritos, Tostitos, salsa. I'm very satisfied with all these things. When artichoke dip was brought to parties that I was at, people would would almost exult and carry it in as if so, it was a, a pharaoh. And I was like, artichoke dip, not that good, that I was having. But then I got good artichoke dip recently at a restaurant, and I was like, artichoke dip is pretty great. Mm. It's pretty delicious. What's interesting about um, that thought so though, is that you're like, <laughs> so somebody presumably somebody was like making homemade artichoke dip and bringing it because I don't really know of like pre-made artichoke dip brands. If there is one, I've never heard of it. Tostitos, I think, has a pre-made artichoke. Oh, dip. do they? Okay. Um, well, then there. But you I don't know. If, I don't if wanna, I've I don't never know. had a Tostitos artichoke. Dip. If that's what you were eating, then I, 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 it's safe to assume that was gross. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I actually grilled artichokes. My wife and I got them, and like raw artichokes we like cut them up they are labor intensive buddy labor intensive indeed yeah that's you if you're making so we do make a, a an at-home artichoke dip on like you know thanksgiving or whatever um and that'll be canned artichokes not going to go through the the rigors of of dicing up and boiling up your own artichokes yeah you don't want to do that no. No, pro no. tip for you um ladies and gentlemen. let's last but not least it you want to do that yeah Let's do it. One more. Um, this is Sean Goodfriend is who else is on the Mount Rushmore that I'm missing? Who else haven't I said? Uh, Luis Torres. No, I'm saying like the actual presidents. Oh, um, Lincoln, Lincoln, George Washington, Jefferson. I think it is Jefferson. It's got to be right. And and Teddy Woodrow Wilson Woodrow, um, it's just the four of them. Anyways, yeah. So by the way, I've I've been to Mount Rushmore. You can miss it. Skip that one altogether. That's not <laughs> it's not that great. Um, it's a big parking. Is that when you're a big wolfing? parking lot? You're gonna spend a lot of day looking for that parking space. Um, anyways, Sean Goodfriend. I'll say the Lincoln of of this. I don't know. Actually, Lincoln's that's a pretty big one. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go Lincoln. Sean Goodfriend's really elevated himself on on our email sphere. Just two quote, uh, just two quotations. I guess these are that's a fix for questions. <clears throat> Sean Goodfriend says, "How do you feel about allowing Kyrie to wear Brooks number first and foremost?" Um, mm. I don't care. Do you care? No, don't care. Yeah, well, I mean, love Brooke, but yeah, I don't feel special about that number. Um, next, the pick from the Warriors is crazy high protected. Should we be dis- disappointed or just grateful for getting anything back? Um, he, go, he goes on to specify, so I can we can do this. The 2021st round pick, the Warriors sent the Nets in the D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant signed a trade is protected 1 through 20. If the pick lands in that range, Golden State will send its 2025 second round pick to Brooklyn. Um, it was really interesting, too, and this is a little off off topic, but you can see the New York Post getting ready. Their their Kevin, their Kevin their hate campaign on the Nets is, is in midseason form. Is that Because right? the way that they uh, framed this was something to the effect of 
Kevin Dur... Hang on a second. What my my cat's growing. Uh, Brian is away from his microphone at the moment. Um, Brian happens to Brian happens to pod within his cat's yeah, bathroom. I didn't want it to just so everyone an, an outside the door disaster. I have, a, I have a clean camera shot of the the litter box. Although now um, I'm thinking it was just a baby outside, just a lost yeah. baby. Anyways, um, the way that they framed <laughs> the Kevin Durant thing was like Kevin Durant refuses to be. Uh, traded for D'Angelo Russell unless a pick is attached. Something to that effect, which is like a really disingenuous way of, of presenting that. Like Kevin Durant refuses to to like his value. His he needs it for his ego. Exactly. That's how to that's, have that that's what the headline pick. suggests. And when in reality, he got the Warriors to throw in a first round pick to get the deal done. I mean, it, th- there was some inference from Kevin Durant to Sean Marks to be like you should probably push for a first round pick and that it happened like so what's it is it's going to be interesting so real quick about that protection it's one through 20 okay so what is 20 that is you would have to be like a six fifth or sixth seed in the west the warriors would have to for the nets to then get that pick okay so what is going to happen in the western conference no one knows right we have the clippers we have the lakers Portland, Denver, Utah. People really like Utah, but it would be surprising to me, even though Clay Thompson isn't really going to probably play basketball, and it's just going to be Steph and Draymond and D'Angelo Russell. Um, it would be surprising to me that the Warriors are not a top four seed in the West, just because of how good they've been for so many years. This is a season where they'll have an interesting motivation, which is like this is Steph's MVP season again if he wants to have it. This is I'm I can he can be out there. It's going to be interesting to monitor whether the Nets actually get that pick. I don't think it's a guarantee, but I would put a better chance at the Warriors having a really good season than being a team that's disappointing or being a team that's like maybe the eighth, seventh, or eighth seed. Um, yeah, I mean so, I think it's I mean I would be Nets. betting that it, it lands in the twenty to twenty one to, to thirty range. That's that's just my bet. And that would be nice. That's another one. I think the Nets also have this 76ers first round pick next year. Um, lottery protected probably or something like that. But I think they have. So, you know, those aren't going to be great picks. But you hope you can get the Warriors pick. You hope the Warriors are good enough. You hope D'Angelo Russell comes in again for Brooklyn and is good enough. And you hope that, you know, the 76ers suck. Um, can we talk about. Oh, did you watch any suck. Summer League? Do you want to do any of that? Um, I may need to reverse my John and Musa freaking uh takes yeah he's looking spry and productive and you know who i saw you sweating and i did a little though. research into is isaiah carnier um yeah yeah did we give him a two-way i think we did right did that happen it didn't make that up no i think he's going back to uh i think he had a he already had a contract i think that he had signed in europe um but maybe we need to investigate that but he looked a little bit like bob ross if you know what i mean um the painter um i i kind of i mean musa will be interesting because we think karuks is going to be as good as he was last year and we hope that he improves a little bit musa's a strange player to put on a team this good because all musa wants to do is shoot all he wants to do doesn't want to do anything else just wants to shoot we're like karuks is like a prominent role player the reason why he played last year is because he's willing to do rebounding and 
play defense and do all the things. And then he is aggressive offensively, but still sort of within the confines of the team. Musa just wants to put up shots. He wants to be Jamal Crawford, but taller and more foreign. Um, but he he looks bigger. He looks like he bulked up some. He is talented. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what what would be <clears throat> the best way in for him. Like what like because we have guards who can score and make their own shots. Like that's a thing. So it's cool if he's like a third string version of that that can actually like let's say heaven forbid Spencer Dinwiddie gets hurt or whatever, and like we can insert him into that part of the offense because he's kind. I mean, he's slower and obviously less like able to break down his man. Like Spencer is really, really, really good at driving. And I, I don't know where sort of Musa is on that spectrum, but um, from what I've seen, like it's not outside of his game. Um, so maybe his like his best way in is like be a uh, what do they call that in theater when you get a stand in? What do they call that? Uh, a stand in. Is that right? what it is? Anyways, yeah, one of those. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I know exactly. What you, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then yeah, what is that? You know, he he Ugh. what he needs to do. And this is like, a, you could say this about any basketball player who isn't like a prominent starter. He just needs to learn how to hit down an open three in the corner and play defense. And that's a lot to ask. Playing defense, like saying playing defense is an easy thing to say. And obviously it's an extremely hard thing to do on a basketball court because everyone is so good. So by saying it, I understand that it's not an easy request. But if he, because he's 6'9", and he is a good shooter, um... If he like really just focused and said to the coaching staff, I know I was this thing in the G League, which was this like super high usage. I'm going to take a million shots. I'm trying to prove myself constantly player. I'm going to move that away. And I'm say to be on the team, to be on the big league team, I will just stand in the corner for you guys and shoot threes. Yeah. I will be active on the offensive glass and I'll play defense because he that role is still desired on the Nets. They still need that. Yeah, if, if you're um, shooting what even thirty seven percent of your corner threes, you've got an NBA career somewhere. You know, <laughs> that's that's a yeah. thing. Yeah. And he's tall enough to where I mean, like he's not. You probably actually don't want him playing the four, but in no. in the modern NBA, it's like is if he could play four against certain teams that are this playing crazy really small. He's six nine. I think Musa? he's six nine. No. Yes, I'm looking, look it up. I'm using my look ex, up, pardon me, everyone. I got to use my really loud D Z A N A M U S A. That is how you spell his name. Um, I'm pretty sure the dude's pretty tall. Uh, basketball reference. Sh- yeah, he's six nine. Yeah, so he doesn't look like it because he slouches. Wow, I would never have expected him to be that tall. That's so interesting. So okay, but does he play like a guy who's six nine? No, he doesn't. Um, you don't want him playing the four. He says he's a point guard, which is fun. Dude, he was born in That's 1999. You know how alive galling. I was in 1999? That's absolutely galling. Yeah. Um, so, but, okay, if you're looking for swing points on this team, it is Karuk's getting better than he was last year. It's, you know, Joe Harris continuing to shoot three. Like, he really – he's not even a swing point. He just has to stay the same way he was last year, which was, like, the third-best three-point shooter in basketball. If he's that again, that is a beautiful thing. It's DeAndre Jordan uh, sort of rekindling what he was with the Clippers. Um, and it could be Musa. I mean, Musa was a first-round pick. He was a highly thought-of first-round pick. The only reason why he fell to the Nets was because um, most – most teams just like weren't ready for that project 
they just like weren't ready for like the years that it would take before you maybe really see something real out of him highly productive in the g league if he decides that he's gonna be like if he if he matures brian if he matures he's born in 1999 um there's a shot he'll play a little bit but probably not he'll he'll probably dominate the g league again and be the lebron of the g league that's his that's his destiny um already well we did that we answered it all by the way, scientist, a study has found there's much more water on the moon than we previously thought. Why is that not a bigger deal? Mm. Water on the moon. Water. It's ice. Why is that not a bigger deal? You know what's interesting? That I I don't know why I did this, but I recently watched a Nova thing about how the moon, moon was formed. <clears throat> and uh, our planet got hit by another smaller planet some three three billion years ago. And all the debris that shot, like that, was caused by the two things combining, um, all circled around, you know, orbited around the planet for a long time, and they it congealed into a into a dust, a giant dust ball called the moon. So, is that dinosaurs' time, or is this way before? This would be way before that. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's like yeah, three or four billion years ago, just very what's early your, on in the Earth's development. What's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, gosh, wow. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I do like the I idea love, of the one that spits like tar in your face. I think there's something there's something there. Do we actually know that's a real dinosaur? Was that in a Spielberg invention? Like, it was very prominent in Jurassic Park, so I'm assuming that they did some research there. Um, I, the idea that that thing was spitting tar, like tar in the face of other dinosaurs, though, it seems. I mean, it seems ineff- inefficient, ineffective. Probably not like an alpha apex predator, but um, a cool weapon nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked Triceratops. I've just been a fan. I know this. I know. Don't give me the shit. That's the. You know what I don't like? Brontosaurus. Don't give me the Brontosaurus crap. Though, in the most recent, you're Jurassic gonna go. Don't give me Brontosaurus, think, and then go Triceratops. <laughs> I mean, there. Triceratops was a great Power Ranger. Like, <laughs> oh, I see what this. I see toy. what this is about. Yeah, that's everything's based on Power Rangers. Yeah. This is the second Power Rangers reference. I had no intention of going down this I road. Di- I did not know this about you. I'll say that, Mike. I'm not. I'm trying. I'm keeping my. I've. I made a New Year's resolution not, not to Power make Rangers fun of people about up? this kind of thing. But you know, I'm keep- you did not like Power Rangers growing up. Uh, so I at least had the sense to be embarrassed about liking <laughs> the Power Rangers growing up. <laughs> I remember my mom had to watch it with me because there were like stories at the time because of the kung fu element of it that this is dangerous for kids that they're going to watch. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, I remember this because my mom had to watch it with me a couple of times because they would teach kids Kung Fu through Power Rangers. And then kids would try the moves out on each other and break arms and break legs. Mm. So she like watched Power Rangers with me to make sure that it was like a, a safe, a safe, a safe show. Space. Yeah. And it was except for like, isn't one of them like got in a lot of legal trouble? And I don't know what kind of legal trouble, but I remember like one of them. That's that's Didn't your like that's one your of them feeder, murder someone mine. with a samurai sword. <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure one of the Power Rangers <laughs> murdered someone with a samurai allegedly with a samurai sword. Though he was, I think he was convicted, so I can drop the allegedly. Well, that's a little news fact. For all you, right, Brian. follow that up. I want to hear the the timeline of that crime in full. Maybe do a whole true crime podcast about it. Actually, <clears throat> that's I'm sure it's been done, mm. um, but I think. That would be a good true crime podcast. Um, you know what you should do? Because this kind of, I'm sure there's some crossover for you. You like pop culture and celebrities and stuff a lot. I know that about you. A true crime mixed I in do. with like the TMZ, you know? 
I do. Um, yes, voluntary manslaughter. One of the Power Rangers. He was he was on forty episodes what's, of Power Rangers Wild Force. What's up with voluntary manslaughter? So, like, what's the distinction there between just like murdering someone, voluntary manslaughter, versus he homicide? stabbed to death his. He's okay. You want to read? You want to hear this? Stabbed to death, his thirty-eight-year-old roommate. Um, stabbed him in the abdomen with a medieval Conan the Barbarian sword. <laughs> wow. So say, wow. Okay. A, a big sword. That sounds like. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so he pled guilty to. So it's it's one of those situations where were they like on meth or anything or like what's up? Was he just? It's just saying that there was some kind of argument. He stabbed his roommate in self-defense after Sutter forced the door of his roommate tried to break into his room. Um, There's some argument. The Power Ranger went into his room with his girlfriend, closed the door. His roommate tried to enter that room. This is from Wikipedia, so I apologize. Gored with a Conan. Wow. Tough look. Um, Brian. That is tough that's our back. luck. That's what that is. Um, Mike, yeah, so we've been dropping a lot of hints. There's going to be, I mean, I think we'd be insane not to seize this opportunity with tons of content this summer. We've been on a little bit of a break. Um, but, like, we're here for it. We're, like we said, we're going to do cocktails in preseason. We're going to be Twitch streaming it. We're going to get crazy. Unless, of course, people start chiming in with, no, I won't ever touch your Twitch stream. And in that case, um, we won't do that. Um... And then we're we're gonna do a giveaway. I, I haven't told you this, but we're gonna do a, a a giveaway this summer that we used to do in the past. I'm gonna get some glue guy swag, and we're gonna give it out on a podcast. I don't know what quite the parameters of how we're gonna give it away. If there's like you know like are we gonna do, gonna do trivia something? Or are we gonna do a Twitter thing? I don't know, but I want to give away some glue guys swag to our friends and fan out there. I'm gonna order some more. This will be on me. Don't worry about it. It'll be on the. On all the PayPal money you send me, I'm going to use it. <laughs> why, why don't we put – you should get a new computer instead. Um, I don't even want to talk about that. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> all right. We'll just I'm order so more Keith Bogan's jerseys and call it a day. I still ha- – I can't find that Keith Bogan's jerseys, but it is in my – it is in my apartment somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, One sec. I just want to see when training camp may be. Hold with me just so we can announce. Eh, it's not going to pop up. Should I film the game? Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, so the other big thing, before we go, what, one more big thing we're waiting on is, like, when is the Kyrie and Kevin Durant press conference? We don't know if that's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. We don't know if that's going to happen. It may be a thing where, like, they literally do it at media day, where they that's when they have these guys there. Um, I want them to do it soon, but the fact that they haven't done it yet, and then the, I'm sure – NBA executives probably going on vacation now. It's unlikely it's going to happen for a while. Um, I just want to hear them talk. That's all. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for having me. Mike, thank you um, for inviting me. Um, let's do it again sometime. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah, boy.